Let's go to the word of the Lord. 1 Samuel 15. Let you stretch your legs one more time. 1 Samuel 15, 13 through 15, 18 through 23. And that's the word of the Lord that God has given for us tonight. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the best sacrifice that we could ever give God. The best sacrifice that we could ever give God. And um, that's our goal tonight. If you're watching online, thank you. If you're a guest, thank you so much for being here tonight. We're glad you're part of our midweek service. And yes, we still believe in midweek service around here. I'm so glad that we do. Some churches are stopping having church on Wednesday night. I'm so glad you still want to come to church on Wednesday night. I think we need this shot in the arm in the midweek. I think we need to get together and get, get pumped up. And so I'm thankful that you're part of midweek. I never want, never want to give up our Wednesday nights. I never want us to let the world steal that from us. We need it. And so thank you so much. If you're watching online, this is shareable. So if you want to share it, you're a member of our church, you're welcome to share it out tonight. The best sacrifice, 1 Samuel 15 and 13. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Saul thought he had performed the commandment of the Lord that the man of God had said that God wanted him to do. Verse 14, but Samuel said, Then what is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing or this noise of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared. They did not kill like they were told to. The best of the sheep and oxen. Everybody say the best. They spared the best. They spared the best instead of destroying it, instead of wasting it in their mind. They saved it. Even though they were commanded to not, they were commanded to destroy. They saved all of these animals because they were worth a lot of money. They were worth a lot of value. And they saved them. Why? To sacrifice to the Lord your God and the rest we have utterly destroyed. They were, he was commanded to destroy all of the animals, everyone from this evil army that stood against God, but Instead, he kept the best because he wanted to bring a sacrifice to God. He wanted to keep the best and give it to God. Sounds like on the surface, it's an amazing thing. It sounds like on the surface that that would be good, that God would want that. But on the contrary, God does not want the sacrifice if it's disobedience. Verse 18. Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? He called the disobedience evil because there is a fine line. We even know that rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. So when you're not obedient, it's a very scary thing. It's a very serious offense. And then Saul said to Samuel in verse 20, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord had sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. This man was so deceived that he said, I did what you said. But he didn't. Because he thought he did half of it. It was the fullness of the commandment. But it's not enough to do half of what God says. You can't take half of, of your submission and make it stretch to full submission. It's either full or it's not going to work. So he tried to talk his way out of it. He tried to be a smooth talker, tried to say, what are you talking about? I, I did all this. This is good. He tried to turn it off from being disobedient. 
But look at verse 21. But the people took of the plunder. Now he begins to blame it on the people. The people took of the plunder, the sheep, the oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Well, the people did it. It was out of my control. It was for you, God. It was for God. Why are you mad at me? I tried to do something with good intentions, but it was disobedient. Verse 22, and Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Would God prefer you to bring him this million dollar check or pray every day? Probably pray every day if he had to pick. Both is great too, yeah. But if he had to pick, he prefers obedience over sacrifice. He would rather you just obey his voice, simple, easy, than be creative with your worship. Just do what he said. Yeah. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed, to listen, than the fat of the rams burning on the altar as a worship unto me. I don't want it. If I asked you for something else, I don't want a substitute. I don't want it. And this is that reference that we made about rebellion, verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king. You're losing your authority because you are not in obedience. Power and authority in in God's kingdom comes from being obedient. That's it. It's that simple. It really is that simple. You know what? Every one of you in this place tonight, you can afford obedience. You can afford it. All you got to do is obey. He'll never ask you to do something that you can't do. Never. All you have to do is obey and he will give you great authority. If you want to have authority, be obedient. I know it seems like a paradox, but it's not. Be obedient to the king and you will be a king. You'll have authority. You'll have power. This is what the word of the Lord is for us tonight at our church. Everybody say in Jesus' name. And God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you again for being here. We're so, so glad you're here. What is the best sacrifice? I think you've figured it out by now. The best sacrifice is obedience. It's obedience. Everybody say obedience. Obedience. Saul and the obviously very influential people that hung around Saul and Saul's army had great intentions. There is no doubt that God loves our sacrifice. He loves it when we bring a sacrifice to him. In fact, sacrificing was his idea. It's not wrong to be sacrificial. It's not wrong to bring God something. It's not wrong to bring God something that you think he would like or enjoy. It's not wrong. It was his idea. So how could God not love this incredible gesture of adoration? How could God be so upset that he would strip away the kingship from a man over an honest mistake? I was trying to do something good, God. What are you so upset about, God? Didn't you see that I really wanted to give something? To think a massive number of animals were all saved for God. It seems so beautiful on the surface. It seems so wonderful that why would God have an issue with this man? Why would he care so much? To help it make sense, let me say it like this. I, I think you'd agree with me. I love a good gift as much as anybody. I think you probably love getting gifts, right? Anybody like to get gifts? Is that any of y'all's love language? There's like these love language things I read in a book one time. I'm pretty sure everybody loves getting a gift. It's like, 
what's your love language? Just giving me a car and I'll love you. It's amazing. Like it's amazing what happens when you give me a house. I love you. And so some people have a, a, a gift getting or gift giving language and I love getting things. I do. Um, but there's this thing about giving to somebody. You kind of want to make sure they want it. Here's a new blender. I'm sorry, but uh, Frank over in East Texas doesn't care about a blender, okay? Frank wants a new gun. Isn't that right, Brother Hugh? I'm sorry. Frank doesn't, Frank doesn't want a sewing station, okay? I, it's so cool. It's so cool that you thought about, about Frank over there in East Texas. It's so cool that you thought that you would give him something, but it's kind of dumb to give somebody something that they don't want. And please don't be that person that, that, that forces a bad gift on someone and looks at him like, do you like it? 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 They will lie to you to your face and be like, yes. And you'll never see it again. Never see it again. So, so, I, I want to give gifts to people, but I don't like wasting gifts on people. I don't like just getting something and then not liking it. That's why if you just give people like money, you're good. Um, just give people money. I messed up one time when I was younger because I gave one of my girlfriends some money for Valentine's Day. And uh, we broke up that night and uh, we lasted 30 minutes after that. So I thought, well, what I want, <laughs> I'd want money, but... Apparently, when you're young and dating, you're supposed to be, like, thoughtful and get, like, something from your heart and not your wallet. And so I, I realize that, um, you know, you kind of want to give what people want, not just give to give. Um, so, yeah, it can be kind of hard to find out what somebody wants, especially when trying to surprise them. And that's why if you ever have a friend that's like, hey, so what do you think you're going to want for your birthday? Just kind of curious. You pretty much are asking, what am I going to buy you for your birthday? It's really hard, though. Have you all figured out the code on how to figure out how to find out what someone wants? It can be tough. And I think that's wise, though. I think you kind of want to know what people want before you go buy it. What if they have two already? You know? Like, like, like wedding showers. More dishes! That's why we have register, registries. That saves us from problems like that. That's why you need to follow the registries. That keeps you from getting multiples of things they don't need, like dish towels and dish towels and dish towels. Um, I rarely buy my wife something without verifying that she wants it. And these guys are brave buying their wives stuff without asking. Like, honey, I got you a new car. It's like a lifted truck. <laughs> I thought you would love it. And if you don't, I'll drive it, you know. <laughs> used to always buy my dad a tie for his birthday. And he didn't even go to church. <laughs> and I would wear it. <laughs> so, that's so stupid. Here you go, Dad. Happy Father's Day. He's like, thanks, son. Sunday rolls around. I'm like, you remember that tie? I got you yesterday. Can I wear it? Sure. You kind of want to make sure the person wants the gift before you go and get it. And I'll just, I'll just tell you guys right now, I know you probably already know this, but do not ever buy her clothes. That's impossible. I'm sorry. No, I am not picking out clothes for my wife. There's no way. I'm not doing it. I'm, you're asking for it. You're asking for it. You're putting, us, you're putting her in a bad position. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, just give her. When you're married, I found out you can give her money. <laughs> I, I found out, that's what I need to say tonight. I found out after you're married, then she'll take your money. Before, no, you better go buy a teddy bear or a card or some chocolate. <clears throat> but after you're married, she's like, no, you can give me money now, thanks. <laughs> so these guys that, that surprise their wife with stuff, I just... I just kind of like to know what she wants, and then I'll, then I'll go get it for her and surprise her maybe three weeks later. Uh, she, she knows she's going to get it. She just don't know when. <laughs> I'm like, but how would you like to have a koala? And she's like, okay, sure. And she pretty much knows in a few weeks she'll probably have a koala because I'm going to go look for one. And you, you, there's no way to do that, but, but giving is, is tough because you want to make sure that the person actually wants it. It's a good thing. But giving, giving what I ask for is actually better than giving it. I'd, I'd like to kind of have what I want. It'd be really nice if maybe I got what I want. You know, doing the dishes is great, but when my wife wants me to do the laundry, it's kind of like, I'm so thankful that you did the four cups in the dishwasher. We had a stack of laundry, but I did the dishes. Am I, is this too much for Wednesday? I think, I feel like I'm really deep tonight. I feel like we're out there tonight. It's like, Musicians? It's like, we, we want to give, we want to give things and deep down because it's what we prefer to give, not what they prefer to have. Right. And, and, and that's the issue that's happening here in this context is that this king is saying, but look at the good that I did. And God is saying, didn't ask you to do it. I asked you to just obey me. Yeah. So building my wife a birdhouse for the backyard is really cool, but not when she asked me to paint the bathroom. <laughs> Can you paint the bathroom? Sure, babe. And I'm outside hammering and sawing and, you know, birds are flying around and I'm just like, look what I did. And she's like, okay, what about the bathroom? You don't love me? You don't love my gift? It's absurd, y'all. It doesn't make any sense for us to have a request and then bring another offering and shove it in their face. But that's oftentimes what we do with God. I ordered a hamburger, and you brought me ten hot dogs. I'm thankful for your sacrifice. I'm offended by your disobedience. Saul decided he would ignore what God commanded because he was still going to give to God after all, and his sacrifice wouldn't be acceptable to God. Not because God doesn't want sacrifice, but rather because obedience is better than sacrifice. Giving God what he asked for will always outweigh giving God what you think is best. When God made Adam and Eve, they were told not to eat the forbidden fruit. And when they disobeyed, God grabbed an animal and sacrificed it. Sacrifice came after disobedience. God did not originally ask for our sacrifice. God did not even originally need our sacrifice. But the only reason why sacrifice was introduced is because of disobedience. Mm. And it wasn't for himself. The animal was killed in sacrifice for Adam and Eve. 
Originally, God did not want sacrifice. He just simply wanted our obedience. And here's the reason. The only thing that God wanted from Adam and Eve was relationship. And relationship, ladies and gentlemen, is born through obedience. Not gifts that were never asked for, but what the person wants. It would be silly for me to build a relationship with someone to bring what I thought was cool, to, to bring, to bring a, a, a new set of tires to your girlfriend who drives a Corvette. It's like, it doesn't, you know, a big, a big mud tires. It's like, great, these tires will be so cool here. To bring something that you like, that you think's cool, that, that she won't even use. It's that ridiculous for us to think, I'm going to do something. That doesn't build a relationship. What builds the relationship is what that person wants from you. You bring it to them. You give in to their desires. That's what builds a relationship. We've got to make sure that what we do, we do for the relationship building. Not doing something we think is cool, something that we love, but something that they love. That's how we build a relationship. And even with God, it's true. Their relationship was like all relationships. It hinged on their willingness to not offend each other all the time. God had to make a sacrifice not to keep them in relationship, but to keep them from judgment. The sacrifice was not used to regain a relationship. The sacrifice was used to cover them so they wouldn't be killed. I want you to notice how sacrifice was introduced and how it's not enough Obedience will always be greater and better. Listen, they were covered in the garden and they were kicked out. Because you can be covered and kicked out at the same time. The sacrifice covers you, but it doesn't, it doesn't bring you back in God's presence. The sacrifice might cover you for a season, but it's not the will of God. Because God does not want sacrifice. God would prefer for us just to obey him. Yeah. You see, sacrifice is only necessary because of man's lack of obedience. It's great, it's powerful, but it's what, it's what they did to fix errors. Sacrifice is what you do when you mess up all the time. Sacrifice is what you have to bring because you're always messing up. Sacrifice is what you bring when you disobey. People that have a lot of sacrifice typically have very little obedience. And sometimes we're like, but God, look at my sacrifice. And God's like, I didn't ask for that. We try to cover it up. We try to we try, uh, change the subject, change the subject. Oh, I know, I know I didn't do what the Bible said, but what about the things I did good? And God's like, that's not what I asked for. Yeah. Obedience is even greater and more powerful. Because it keeps you from making the errors in the first place. Let me give you an example. This is a good way to say it. Sacrifice versus obedience. Here we go. Sacrifice, listen, is when you give to get out of debt. Obedience is when you give to stay out of debt. Sacrifice, it can get you out. Watch this. Obedience can keep you from getting in. How do you want to live tonight? Yeah. Sacrifice does not want to offend. Obedience doesn't want to do the offending. Sacrifice considers ourselves. Obedience considers 
God. Sacrifice gives up, but obedience gives in. The Lord sent me here tonight to our church, to all of us, to tell you, you will never have peace with God until you give in to God. You cannot continue to live a disobedient life to the word of God, to his plan, and make up for it with all kinds of cool things that you think God wants. Peace doesn't come through our proposition. It comes through our application. It comes through how we apply his word to our lives. Peace comes from how we take what he said and we do it. Because what God really wants from us, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, is that God wants us just to do what he's asked us. That's it. The best sacrifice is not just your tears and bowed knee at the altar. The best sacrifice is walking out those doors saying, I will. I will. I am right now. I will. When you look at God and say, it's done, sign me up, I will do it. It's the best sacrifice you could ever give. It's just doing what you know to do. That's right. If you want a sense of peace in your life, go ahead and forgive people because you were already told to. You don't have to, you don't have to do something fancy tonight. You were told to forgive, so just forgive. Obey the word of God. No matter how difficult it seems, it's really that simple. We were told to forgive people who offend us. You can't shout your way around that scripture. You can't cry your way out of it. You have to go do it and do it quickly because there's not going to ever be a sacrifice you can bring that will push a commandment to the side. If you're told to do it, do it. And I'm telling you, this is a sacrifice that God will receive. If you were told to be a giver, just be a giver and don't fight it. If you were told to pray daily, then just pray daily and don't fight it. If you were told to anger and sin not, then just do it. Told to put God first, others second, put yourself last. Don't try to bring some cool offering to God. Just obey his word. It's what he wants. Love people, be merciful, be a hard worker. All these great biblical commandments we should do, we should live, and we should just go ahead and say, this is what God wants, so I'm going to do it, and I'm going to start tonight. I'm going to start right now. Yo, we, there are some things you'll never get, weeping and crying, bowing your knee and being on your face. You know what happens a lot of times in church? We run to the altar because we don't want to do it. Let me show you how it looks. God, are you sure, God? I don't want God. God, I'm supposed to love him. I don't even want to, God. And I'm walking up, Lord, help him. Help him say yes. Oh, God, help him say yes. And look, the altar call does not cover disobedience. You can't find a place of weeping that will make you not have to submit to God. There's no place of shouting. There is no place for you to be like, but look, I just wrote this for you. I just did this for someone. You can't escape his commandments. 
What he really wants, what will really just please God. It's just to do the things you've been taught for 30 years that you're waiting on doing, that you're waiting for a way out. You're, you're hoping that God will change his mind. But he said do it, so do it. I, I don't know why we created this culture that we have to come down here when the Lord gives us a commandment and we've got to stand around the altar for 30 minutes and boohoo and cry and talk in tongues. When Jesus simply said, follow me, and I'm like, okay. The, the disciples weren't like, can I just have a moment? Oh, ha, oh, whoo, ha, hey. What are we doing, y'all? If you need that to say yes, then do it. But it shouldn't be that hard to say yes, Father. It should not be that hard to say yes, Father. It shouldn't be that hard to say, tonight's the night, I'll do it tonight. You will find and unlock great authority and great peace if you'll just obey. Trying to figure it out all the time. Trying to ask questions all the time. If the master says it, then just do it. It's what he's wanting more than anything. He just wants you to do what he asks you to do and stop fighting him all the time. It's the best sacrifice ever give to God. Want to feel good? Okay. Realize that God wants your obedience more than your creative gifts. And the church is getting very creative these days. Not, not the church. Church is. Churches are getting very creative on how they worship God. Now these days you can draw pictures for Jesus on the stage. They'll have ribbon dancers, hula hoopers, all this, and they call it creative worship. Please don't video me. Creative worship. <laughs> People are so strange these days. Like, I feel like I'm starting a birdhouse ministry where I'm going to build birdhouses for Jesus. And, hmm, I had a vision. I see myself in the Sahara Desert. And I'm going to be sitting there and I'm going to be lifting sand and throwing it for the Lord. I'm going to be a sand praiser. That's what I'm going to be, a sand praiser. A Sahara sand, sand praiser. SSP Ministries. People are so creative with their worship these days. You know why you're creative with your worship? Because you don't want to obey. You know, we have to create new channels for worshiping God because we don't like the ones he gave us. You know, we have to come up with creative ways of doing stuff because we don't like it when the Bible says everyone shout. We're like, well, let's find another way of doing it. Everyone clap. No, we find another road. Do what he said do. Do what he wants you to do. Don't try to find a creative way. And I just, I get so frustrated with all the, the people trying to find cool ways of worshiping God. I'm like, you just do the stuff he's already asked you, you'd be busy. You wouldn't have time to get streamers on a stick and dance across the stage for the Lord and all the things they do these days. The Lord spoke to me a while back and said, worship's not an art. No such thing as worship arts. Arts is your creation, not his. We are not worship artists. It's not us painting. We're the canvas. He's the painter. We're the clay. He's the potter. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now.
don't get to make the call. He does. He always does. Use me. I'm the vessel. Direct me. Shape me and form me. No such thing as worship arts. He is the one that's the artist. We should let him have his will be done. And he, he will have his will be done. He'll talk to us and we have to say yes. God asks for our tithing. We bring old chairs and donate them to the kids department. Can you deduct this? Having a tough month. Church, church get the most, the worst hand-me-downs than ever. Pentecostal churches seem to, I, we're on live tonight for everybody. I, never mind, we're going to move on. That's why I put it in the group sometimes. People are like, Pastor Grant, I'd love to hear you on Wednesday nights. Join our church because you need, to, you need to come up in here before I can trust you with this information. I feel like, I feel like it's like, uh, like the, the, you know, the CIA. It's like we have different badge levels, access levels. I feel like this is like a different floor on Wednesday nights. It's like, beep, beep, beep. I can't get in. Well, you know, it's, it's top secret. It's kind of like, and people will lose their ever-loving mind if you kick them out of a Facebook group. They will go wild on you. They will. It's not the Lamb's book of life, but it might kick you out of it, just your attitude. God, God asked for faithfulness for us to master the basics consistently first. He doesn't want us to bring what we want to bring. He wants us to first learn how to bring what he asks us to bring. Stop being creative with your worship. Stop trying to find cool ways to please God that he never asked for. Hey, before you follow his spirit, follow his word. Because his word will lead you to his spirit. I hear something. I hear something coming, something coming. I should do this. Wait a minute, you hadn't even done the Bible yet. Are you sure? How do you even know God's talking to you? God talks to everybody these days. And the more loose the church, the more God speaks. You ever notice that? We have no rules in our church. God speaks to all of us individually. And how are y'all not killing each other right now? Yeah, he just wants us to do the basics. If we can't master the basics, then you don't need to be trying to get some weird word from an angel that visited you at night. Just do the basics. Master the basics. He's asked you to do it. Just do the basics. And he will give you great authority just doing his will. Would you, would you rather, God would rather you be obedient than, than sing good. He'd rather you be obedient than preach good. He'd rather you be obedient than praise good. He'd rather you be obedient than serve somewhere at the church. He'd rather you just be obedient. You can't work your way out of disobedience. But pastor, you don't understand. I serve here all the time, but there's so many things you don't obey. You can't cover up disobedience with sacrifice. That, that sacrifice might keep you alive, but it won't, it won't keep you in covenant and keep you in relationship. That sacrifice might keep you close enough, but it won't get you all the way. Some people only sacrifice at church. They only come and bring something they think God wants, and it keeps them close, but it doesn't get them close enough. God wants us to be obedient to him. So I submit today to all of you, God knows what's best for you. And when he asks you to do something, it's because he knows what's best for you. 
We've got to stop thinking that God's this taskmaster that just wants to hurt us. God has plans for us and it's best for us. There's nothing God has ever asked me to do that's hurt me in the word of God. Nothing. Nothing have I ever found that was bad for me. And that's why I am not afraid to preach on holiness publicly. Because nothing holiness has ever hurt me or my family. It's never embarrassed me. It's never been too much to carry. It's never been too difficult for me. Holiness has blessed me. Holiness has protected me. Holiness has given me favor with God, anointing in my life. I am not afraid. I'm not scared. And I don't want to send you to a classroom in the back of the church to teach on holiness. Holiness is a topic that is beautiful before God. So God knows what's best for us. We need to let him call the shots. Is anybody else kind of tired of doing your own thing? <laughs> I meet people all the time, and I, I hear their story, and they're like, man, I'm in, a, I'm in a deep hole, Pastor. And I'm like, tell me about it. And it's like years in the making. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is a deep hole. Do you want to start obeying God now? Because you can start today. God can give it all back. God can turn your life around, but you have got to obey him for once. His will, his way, his way. And the Lord wanted me to tell you tonight that obedience is fruit of trust. Obedience is the manifestation of trusting God. If you trust him, you'll obey him. If he is your God, and he cannot make a mistake, and he gives you a command, you will obey. You can't say you trust God if you do not obey God. Obedience requires the follower to admit that the authority knows what's best and have humility. And that's why it's so hard for people. It takes more faith to obey, watch this, than to sacrifice. Because sacrifice works in fear sometimes. Sacrifice works out of fear. I better hurry and bring something. God's going to get mad. Yeah. But it takes more faith to obey God because he said it and I have to just believe it. It's not my mind. It's not my ways. It's not my thoughts. It's his thoughts. It's his ways. And they're higher than my ways. And so obedience takes more faith. That's why when Jesus would give commands to his people and miracles would be performed, he would look at them sometimes and say, where's your faith? Why are you afraid? Because the call of obedience, the call, the command, it creates fear sometimes because we don't trust him. We don't trust God. So God, help us tonight because we've got to have obedience. And I would rather look crazy trusting God than look sane Trusting myself. Here he goes again, obeying God's word. Silly man, I would rather look crazy to the world, to everybody that I know. I would rather look crazy building an ark like Noah because he told me to and it not make sense to anybody else. Obedience is where we need to get back to and our walk with God, not the sacrifice culture we have. That we control, we control the beat of the drum. We control the tempo with our sacrifice. But we should be in complete submission 
and obedience to God. In Jesus' name. Can we close our eyes for a moment? Lord, I love you and I thank you. In the name of Jesus right now, God. Lord, we want to be an obedient people tonight. And you know what? It shouldn't take a whole lot for us to say yes to your will and your commandments, God. We shouldn't live constantly fighting, constantly wrestling with this. We are your followers. We are your bride. We are your friends. And Lord, we should be able to say yes uh, as soon as you speak it. Uh, we should give in. We should make sure we belong to you in every way. God, help us tonight in this place uh, to be an obedient people. We need it to so desperately, God. We need the favor. We need the kingship and the authority. God, we don't have enough power and authority because we refuse to be obedient. We are always questioning you. We're always fighting you. We've got to make up our mind tonight that we can trust you. We can trust you that when you ask us to do something, it won't hurt us. It's not harmful. It's good for us to obey you. Oh, God, we can't have pride and obey you. We must have humility. We must trust that you know what's best for us. Lord, help us to be obedient. You know, so many times we bring, we bring God a part of us, hoping it will be enough to get back in his good grace. Examples would be, God, I'll give you Sunday. I'll give you Sunday. That's good, but he asks for more. God, how about Wednesdays? I'll give you Sundays and Wednesdays. God's like, that's good, but I asked for more. Well, Lord, how about I give my $5? Will you get off my back? That's good, thank you, but I'll ask, I'll ask for more than that. I'll open the door for somebody. How about that? I just want to do as little as I can to make sure that we're good, God. But what did I ask from you? Okay, I'll say a prayer, God. I'll read a scripture, God. But the parts of us aren't enough. Because what he wants from us, what's our, our reasonable sacrifice, is that we give ourselves to God. And that's exactly what Paul said in Romans. As I beseech you, therefore, brethren, verse 1, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable sacrifice service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is the sacrifice that God wants? All of me. Not parts of me. Not just my wallet. All of me. Everything I am, God wants that to be the sacrifice. Because if God can get all of you, you'll be obedient. We're trying to get back to obedience in the story of Christ. We're trying to get back to the original plan in the garden. Where we will just obey him. Jesus help us to obey him. Now let me close tonight with a few more things. I don't have any more notes, but I do have the Lord who's been talking to me about our church. Some of you can't get out of what you're in. And if you're watching online, maybe you're relating to this tonight. Some of you literally are in so deep because of life choices and issues that you cannot get out. And the Lord told me that we're going to have to go to a season in our church 
where people are obedient against everything in you that says fight back because you literally are not able to climb out of the hole you're in unless you obey your way out of it. The Lord spoke to me and said, praise your way out is not biblical. You don't praise your way out. Paul and Silas were obedient, and that's why they went in jail. They didn't go to jail for praising. I really feel the Holy Ghost right now. Paul and Silas did not go to jail because they were praisers. They went to jail because they were preachers. Because they were sent to preach Jesus. They were already obedient in the jail cell. Now look what obedient people do. They don't give up their faith. They don't quit on God. They still stay obedient even in jail. Obedient people will praise God even in jail. Some say it was the praise that got them out. I say it was the obedience that got them out. Because God don't want to set you free out of jail if you're not going to obey him. God does not need another praiser set free. He needs someone obedient set free. God did not set free two praising men from the choir. God set free two preachers. Deliverance does not come through praise your way out. It comes through obey your way out. Israel obeyed their way out of bondage. And they obeyed their way out of the wilderness. And they obeyed their way into the promised land. Praise was part of it, but praise was not what happened. Jericho was not about praise. Jericho was about obedience. Watch this. He did not say, go praise and the walls will fall down. He said, you got to do it one day for six, one time for six days. Very specific. You got to march, 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 and you don't shout until I say, it's not about the shout. It's about the obedience. God help us. We have created a culture in Pentecost to have a party in church and not even be obedient to God. That's why many people feel good during church when they're praising. They feel horrible on Monday. Because you can't praise your way through life and be disobedient. So the Lord spoke to me and said that the only way we're going to get people out of the mess they're in in this church is if they learn how to obey and it's going to go against every ounce of pride that you have. But you go ahead and try it on your own. And when you're ready, the Lord told me, if you will find a place of submission to authority, to God's plan for your life, that he will begin to set people free in our church. Finally, he'll set you free. But we're going to go into a season of obeying our way out of our storms and our mess. Obey your way out. I have, the Lord spoke to me and said that some, there are lots of people in this church that you're going to be able to help, but you're going to have to tell them very clearly what have, they have to do to get out. You understand that process? I cannot give you a generic word anymore. I cannot say anymore. Let's just shout. Some of the battles we're up against right now in this church take a whole lot more than, why don't you just shout? There are real dilemmas, spirits, and battles going on right now that we cannot just put out a sacrifice and ignore obedience. God is speaking to us. And until we get in this Bible again and start to do it, number one, live it, God help us speak the word of God to each other when we're having conversations. 
I am so sick and tired of philosophy at coffee tables. We should be speaking the scripture to each other. Stop quoting a preacher online and quote the scriptures. God, help us obey your word. I don't care what book you're reading right now. If it's not the Bible, learn the Bible first and then read the other authors. We're always wanting to get spoon-fed God's Word with YouTube and books. But would you just first learn the Word? Because authority comes through the Word of God. Submitting to God's plan, God's Word. We fight it so much. And we have no authority. We have to get to a place, if we're going to have victory and power, where we obey our way out of what we're in. And God is going to break chains off, generational curses off. God's going to set you free from the pit that you're in, all that pain you're in, all the things you're fighting. You're going to have commandments come to you, and you'll have to choose to put aside your pride and climb up out of that hole or just stay there. Because this is not a game, y'all. We are in the middle of a battle, and God is going to command things to happen. Go read the Bible. The men of God commanded They spoke, and things broke. Miracles took place. That's what's going to have to happen in this church. We're going to have to get back to biblical obedience to God's will. Let's stand. Let's close out. Let's pray a little bit tonight. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray some tonight. Let's let's just let's just let this. Let's let this be something we can say yes to. Let's let this be something we can submit to. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, you're good. Oh, God, I want a spirit in me right now that just says, I trust you. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. It's really simple. You said don't eat the tree. I won't do it. Okay, fine. Don't have to go through all this trouble. It's okay. You said do it, I'm going to do it. You said I need to be praying daily. Okay, from now on I'm praying daily. Everyone in this church right now, everybody watching this video online, listen to me. Stop ignoring what you already know to do and trying to have good church. It's already been written, y'all. We spend all of our time trying to make up for disobedience. And I say enough of the creative sacrifice. Let's just go right back to the basics and start fresh again. Do it God's way. God's way. Don't even have to do it the way of the culture of the church. Do it God's way, in the Word of God. Word of God. I, I, oh, God, help us right now. I talked to a pastor friend today from the Dallas area, and he said, he said, he started quoting so beautifully, he's never done this before on the phone. He began to quote me the book of Corinthians, and he said, watch this, watch this. And Paul said, and he began to quote the Word of God to me, and I could feel the Holy Ghost on the phone because he was giving me the Word of God. Not somebody's wisdom. Not some cool excerpt from a book like everybody else does. Not a video clip from YouTube. He was quoting me the Word of God, and it was refreshing, and it was anointed, and it was powerful, and it was pure. I just, I just loved it. I loved, I loved hearing his excitement for the Word of God because I love seeing the pastors of our day fall back in love with the Word of God. It is, it is all that we really need. It will lead us to everything else that we need. The Word of God. I find myself so much lately, my wife says it too to people who are counseling, is what is the Bible word for what you're facing? Because we have let psychologists, we've let, we've let our pop culture and speech help us communicate in a way that's not biblical anymore. 
We, we say things like, I'm depressed, and the Bible's not even saying anything about depression. We need to start using Bible words. We have fear. We don't trust. We've got to own up what we're really going through so we can find a real solution. We can obey our way out, but we can't create a, a figment of our imagination. There's no answers for words like that. And so God help us at Austin First Church to make sure that we are a Bible-believing, obeying church because you've already given us so much. Every time I read the Bible, I find something new. God, it's so good to speak to us. And so can we put some things on hold for a while and just do it the Bible way? Just do what he said. Right now in this place, right now, I hope that you're just making your mind up. I'm going to do it. 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 Listen to me. You're the toughest people in all the world. The things you guys have been through, the pain, the abuse you all face, the toughest people in the world are in this church right now. I am not scared one second that you can't do what the Bible says. The devil is a liar. And you want to think the Word of God is beyond you? It's not beyond you. It was written for the weakest of us. The Word of God was written for broken people. It was written for sinners like you and me. It was written for us to obey. It is not too far out there. It is not too hard to do. And the devil wants to tell us that the laws of God are too hard. But when I obey the laws of God, I'm blessed. Everything I need is in obedience to God. Yeah. I'm just going to have to go out there in blind faith and start obeying the Word of God. Get up and pray. Figure it out. God said do it. And watch things happen in your life. Authority come to your life because you're obedient to God. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just lift our hands up before we dismiss tonight? Thank you, God. See, some of you, the, the, the lifting of your hands wasn't important. It was the fact that your pastor said to lift your hands. You see, the, the anointing flows through obedience, and it's not just the lifting of the hands. It's the flow of the Holy Ghost. And whenever you have something given to you that gives you a way out, it's a rope, it's a rescue. If you grab a hold of it in obedience, God can lift your family out. We will not sit back and watch people's marriages fall apart and kids fall apart. We have rules and commandments from God that are promises from God that will deliver us in the time of need. We must be a submitted people. We've got to learn to obey our way out, God. And right now the only prayer you need to have is yes to God or no to God. That's it. It's either a yes or a no. It's either, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to get it out. Tonight I'm going to read it before bed, and I'm going to start applying it to my marriage, to my job, to my kids. I'm going to be this, and I'm going to do what's written black and white. I'm not touching gray. I'm not getting creative. I'm just going to do the things that I've been taught for 30 years that I refuse to do. God, help us. Let's master being at church every service because the Bible said to forsake not the assembly ourselves together. Let's master daily prayer because the Bible said it. Let's master loving our neighbors as ourselves because the Bible said it, not because we want to bring a different kind of sacrifice. And watch what God will do through the church if we'll just do what he said. I literally feel the favor and the hand of God trying to reach down the night in this place and pick somebody up out of the chains that are around you. 
There's only one way out of what you're in, and that is obedience to God's plan. God's going to do it in our church. The days of half-hearted pastoring are over in the church. I cannot throw cotton candy anymore to the brokenness we have in this world. I can't do it. I can't sit back and do it. I can't get the phone calls that I get. I can't get the texts that I get and just sit back and be like, praise your way through. We've got more in our arsenal, our tool bag than that. We've got so much more. God will deliver us. We will see a victory in this place. And we'll come through great obedience to God. Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We, we submit to you, Jesus. We submit to you, God. I don't want it to be hard. When I read your Bible, I don't want to turn the page fast. I want it to become so easy that I adapt it to my life. I adopt it so quickly. I want to be quick to do your word. Slow to disobey. I don't have to understand, God. I release you right now from having to make it all make sense to me. You're the master. You are the master. I submit to you tonight, Jesus. I refuse to look at you anymore and say, as soon as you explain it all to me, I'll do it. You are the master. How dare I challenge you, God, needing more than his word. Just live a while by faith, obeying him, and watch the blessings of God flood into your finances, your marriage, your children, your home. Let's do it God's way. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We're going to obey you, God, and thank you for your word tonight. Let's love him one more time. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, God. Thank you, God, for your word. We will receive this word. We will walk out of this place. Our minds made up to live in obedience no matter the cost. God, we trust you. We will obey you, God. We, we want to be obedient. It's the best sacrifice. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You can, you can greet each other. You can shake hands and please be friendly with each other. We're so glad you're here tonight. It's a miracle we got done before 9 o'clock. Let's be thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. God